Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Leadership and Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and today I am joined by two guests. Um, I'm joined by Joe Wheatley and Zoe Hawkins, who are founders of the company In Good Company and are leadership uh, coaches and trainers. And this week we're going to talk about the coaching model, which is the GROW model. So, Joe and Zoe, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to be here. Thank you very much. And uh, I have to say, you're looking very professional with your podcast mic. So I'm sort of laying the side down. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely need to upgrade and go and get a really great podcast mic. So, yeah, look, well done for looking the business, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, these, <laughs> these are new because we've got our own podcast coming out in November. So um, there are new toys. It would be a shame not to use them <laughs> for your show today. Fantastic. Now, well, you can tell us all about your new podcasts in a bit. Um, one, I would just love to get to know you a bit more and just understand sort of your background, each other, how you've come to know one another, build your company in good company, and, and how have you got into coaching? So, um, Joe, do you, do you want to take the lead? Okay, yeah. Thank you. So, Zoe and I actually met when we were doing our HR Masters at uni, and um we supported each other throughout our HR careers. We worked in separate organizations um, and we decided when we had young families that actually we want, we'd had some coaching ourselves and we thought, I want to train to be a coach. This is the part of HR that I really love and enjoy. And so we did, we both trained with separate training organizations. And from that, we decided that we wanted to set up on our own. So I can remember being in the back you know back bedroom at Zoe's um, house and that's where we created In Good Company which for us represents um, a deep passion for everyday um, well-being and mental health and we felt lucky that we came across coaching but that was through our HR careers and so how do we enable more people to have access to high quality world-class ethical coaching practices and so we also could only coach a certain number of people one-to-one Whereas now with the training part of our business, we, you know, we train coaches all over the world that can go out there and also support people, um, whether it's in the workplaces, around their leadership development, but also with their emotional well-being and development too, so that they have those two things hand in hand. So we're celebrating 10 years in our wow. business this year. Um, and, you know, it's not... Thank you. And it's not always straightforward. We've, le- we've learned a lot um, along the way. We've had years where we've been really successful and we've loved our work and we've forgotten about the business development. And then we, you know, we now feel that, you know, with the community that we've built, it's just amazing to be part of a community of like-minded people that are passionate about 
being the best that they can be, helping themselves, but also supporting other people to be the best that they can be in their role and in their life, in the wider roles. You know, leadership is is one aspect of who people are. <clears throat> Absolutely. And um, certainly sort of very friendly, very approachable people. And that was sort of what was drawn to, draw, drew myself to, to, to reach out and to gain contact with yourselves. And Zoe, do you have anything you want to add as well to that? No, not really. I mean, Joe's covered it well. I think probably what we don't share as much of is that probably through coaching um, and the skills that we've um, developed over the years, that enables Joe and I to have a really strong business relationship. I mean, we were friends long before um, we went into business together. Mm. Um, And, you know, we have a natural kind of Uh, chemistry together you know a very deep friendship but it wasn't until I suppose that we discovered coaching that it really helps you to have a you know great self-awareness and a deep understanding of human behavior and so you know Joe and I when we have our friendship we also have this business relationship which enables us to challenge each other disagree openly with each other healthy conflict debate Um, support, encouragement, vulnerability, like you can, you can bring it all into the mix. And I think in many respects, we are, we are leaders in our business and the way that we have our business relationship, that is because of the leaders that we are. And we, we've only be able to create that strength through coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I suppose everything we've learned over the years, we, we role model within our business and also with the the people that we, that we train as well. Mm -hmm. No, I think I'm really glad you brought that up, really, because, as you say, you were friends for a long time before that. And then it, it I, I've seen it before. It can be tricky to then transition into then business partners as well. Um, but you're saying using of coaching because there's this slight sort of stigma around if you become a leader or you get promoted into that leadership role, all of a sudden you've got to become that boss. Certainly in my area, you've got to be seen as authoritative. So you've got to, you know, apply the pressure when you, and you can. And, and that's where it sort of leads to you sort of sort of stop being friends with your sort of peers because you've been promoted to these other other areas so it's important it's really interesting to hear you sort of say that that coaching style that you've learned has enabled you to uh maintain a strong friendship but also have a really strong business relationship as well because that's uh, that's essential when you're trying to lead uh, in any organization of trying to run your own business as well so fantastic thanks for bringing that up which sort of leads me into really why I thought this was important that we have this conversation because we've talked about coaching on this podcast before. Um, and I'm sure people sort of heard my sort of background story. Um, but when I got into a leadership role and I thought it was very much command and control, apply the authority, uh, that's when I started to lose friends and, and started to, you know, uh, people stopped turning up to meetings and it sort of went a really downward spiral that I discovered leadership and what that play, what role that could play in my sort of day-to-day life as well as in my career. And one of those aspects was, was this term of coaching. And I'm still very much new to what coaching is, but I sort of saw it as uh, asking more questions than you answer because I was very uh, a bad person for driving a conversation, a leading conversation to get to the results that I want and not what the other person and, and trying to derive a solution based on what I wanted it to be um, rather than asking questions and understanding other people's perspectives and viewpoints. And, and these are the really essentially 
what we need to consider as we, we sort of become leaders. So can I ask then to sort of uh, educate us in terms of what coaching is and what coaching is not? Who wants yeah, to go first? Sure. Oh, wow. I was just going to say, um, Joe, why don't you pick it up? And then I realized I already opened my mouth and started talking. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, why don't you start and I'll, I'll pick it okay. up. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll have a go and you can, and you can build on it. So we tend to think about coaching and mentoring as being on a continuum with coaching at one end and mentoring at the other. So coaching in its purest form is non-directive. So as you described, Michael, lots of, you know, you're asking questions. Obviously the coachee is going to be talking more than the coach is going to be talking or, you know, the manager who's using coaching skills or the leader. And then on the other end of the continuum, we've got mentoring where traditionally you might think about that as giving advice rather than asking questions. Our view is actually that great mentors are also great coaches. And I think the important thing is to know where you are on that continuum when you are in a conversation and making sure that wherever you choose to be is in service of what the person in front of you is looking to achieve from a conversation. The way I describe coaching with my coaching clients is that coaching is about understanding where you are now in terms of your situation, your goal, your life. It's about understanding what small or significant changes do you want to make or do you want to achieve? So think about that as the goals. And then we go into the past. So things like values and beliefs insofar as it is relevant to helping that person achieve their goal. Um, and so you've got coaching, mentoring, counseling, consultancy. They've all got dotted lines between them. I don't think they're hard and fast boundaries, um, but the important thing is that we operate in our area of competence. Um, that's a really key ethical piece. So if people are looking to develop coaching skills, start, you know, Michael, like you're doing, you know, reading, listening, researching, and maybe you'll decide to, to join a course um, as well in order to embed and have a safe place to be able to practice the development of these new skills. So what would you add? Yeah, I just think, I guess, from the perspective of leadership coaching and being a leader in an organization and, and using a coaching style, I think the first thing to do really is to really check in on your listening skills, because as a coach, the one thing I think that differentiates a coaching conversation from any other is the way that you listen. Now, typically in everyday conversation, when we're listening, we tend to listen to respond. So we hear what the person is saying. And in our head, we're kind of running the conversation through in our head thinking, oh, oh my God, that's useful for this person. What could I say? Or, you know, oh, I know what they're up to. They're doing X, Y and Z. We're having an internal dialogue whilst the other person is speaking. And we do that in all of our relationships. In a coaching conversation, really, one of the things that you're doing is suspending all that internal dialogue and purely listening to what the person is saying not from a place of needing to respond or guide or fix or offer but just to hear what they have to say and then when that person's finished talking you might have an observation that you would share or you may have a question that emerges or or something else but the quality of listening that takes place in the workplace is often very very poor even if you think you're a great listener, you've probably still got a lot of work to do. And so I think as leaders, when we can suspend our judgment, suspend the need to offer a solution, and we can purely listen to what the person in front of us is saying, we are so much closer already to, to a coaching style. So that's probably 
yeah an extra build I'd offer yeah so you're listening to ignite so you're listening you're listening from a position of I believe that this person in front of me has everything they need in order to be able to achieve what they want or they can find it and I think a key part of coaching is being able to put your ego to one side you know in terms of being the, the feeling that, that you're the one that needs to be the expert in absolutely everything and being frightened that if you don't give an answer that people will think well why are you in that role and I think an important part of that is to be able to understand and learn about what your personal leadership style is and be able to have conversations with your stakeholders you know your team being one aspect of that about what your leadership style is and how you engage in conversations with people and the rationale behind that so that it can also, you can be transparent, um, but also open to feedback. So at the end of the conversations as well, you're asking them, you know, how was that for you? What's the learning for you? And also being able to share what the learning is for you as the leader from that conversation, because as a coach with my coaches, I describe the relationship as a co-learning, co-created learning environment. So coaching is very much about having conversations when you're stepping into a particular mindset mm. that's that's really brilliant stuff i think you're absolutely right especially around sort of listening listening side of things and that's the the, the, the trap that i fell in is i listened to respond try and pick up on the bits that i agreed with and bits i didn't agree with um and rather than listening to understand and you're right i don't think we practice great listening as, as, as much as we probably think we do um so what are the sort of skills that we might be able to employ when it comes down to sort of listening um this more listening to understand than listening to respond i think one of the things that we all need some help with are some really bad habits that we fall into so rescuing is one mm-hmm. thing that we see a lot of so um, take the situation where some, you know, a, a direct report walks into their manager's office and is just really struggling with something and they get emotional and the line manager can see they're getting emotional. And they, what typically happens is they try to shut that down, you know, because they don't want to open up the space to emotion mm. or they don't know how to handle it. Or they, you know, really, they, they just want that person to not be sad or not be stressed or. Um, so I think courage is a I think it is a skill that leaders need to be able to trust that when a person is experiencing emotion that they are resourceful and whole and it's a it's usually a point in time at which they feel emotional and if you can create a space where somebody can just be emotional and you're not judging them for that you're just listening to what they have to say and then as that passes you can ask a question which is how can I support you well, what what do you need right now? I can, you know, I can see this is difficult for you. Um, how can I help? Mm. You know, that's you don't need to to worry for the person because they are whole and resourceful. So I think so I think that's important from courage, um, is trust trusting in the other person. Um, so that that would be with emotions. And I think also, you know, when we really listen to somebody, we can also use that person's language. So if somebody walks into the office and is like, oh, I'm really confused about project X, Y, and Z. Typically, someone will interpret what they have heard and play it back in their own language. Whereas in coaching, using the other person's language is really helpful. Tell me more about your confusion. 
would be a great question to come back with. So picking up on what the person has said and offering back to them, because it shows that you really genuinely are listening and you're curious, you want to learn more. So I think curiosity is a skill that all leaders can bring more of in spades, really, to be able to more uh, deeply understand the people who are coming forward for help. Yeah, that's that's a key thing, I think, is if you're listening just to respond, you're missing out on those, the the subtleness of the wording people use, and sometimes in the way that they use it. Um, And sometimes I think if you're, like we are a lot now, working over teams, you can almost pick up the tone of someone's voice a lot clearer because you can't physically see their voice, see their face. So you can't, you're not, you know, you're not looking elsewhere. You're just listening to their voice through your earphones and, and you're sort of picking up on the tone and perhaps even a bit more of the, the words that they're saying. And, and for those that are not sure about it, it's, it's makes a massive difference picking up on their terminology and, 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 and their tone of, of that. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, that's great. And, in terms of like for, for, for coaching, so when you listen to sort of leadership, people talking about leadership and what is leadership, people say we want to make this environment, the safe environment for people to be able to, you know, open up and not be judged and, and, and to feel like they can really bring them best selves. And so, you know, well, how do you create that environment? How do you do that? I think coaching as a, as a style of having conversations is partly one of the ways you do that. Because, you, you know, coaching is very much about holding the silence, you know, being comfortable with not, not being the first one to speak. It's letting the other person have process time to be able to go through what they're thinking about. And if they can do that in a, in a, in a, in a way that you're not waiting for them to say something and to judge them on it or to pick them up on it, I think it's, 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 it's one important aspect, one important step in order to, to being able to create that environment. Um, and as an example, um, you know, I, I, I deployed these skills throughout my career and, and have found that people, even though I don't work with them anymore, will still come back to me to, to just bounce ideas off because they know that I'm not going to be there to impose my own thoughts on them and tell them this is the way you should do it. It's not command and control. It's, it's I'm just going to sit back and let you process your thoughts and think about it. Um, so I want to pick up one more thing really around coaching just before we move on and talk about the GROW model, which was um, around, Joe, you were talking about it's like on a, on a slight spectrum, coaching and mentoring. Very much when you start to have a conversation with someone, and certainly when I do this, and I won't sort of explain if this is the right thing or how you build upon that, but as I'm starting a conversation with someone and I'm listening to what they're saying to me, I'm judging and trying to determine throughout the start and, and in, the, in the process of that conversation, what style of conversation do they need? Do they need me to be a mentor right now? Do they need, or do they need me to be a coach right now? And, and, and I think that's important because um, if you get the wrong style of conversation for what they need, they'll just, they will not, the conversation won't land in the right way. Is that, is that accurate, do you think? I think what you're talking about is how you build rapport with another person. And we often talk about meeting the other person where they're at. So I think you need to think about the context. How much time do you have and the other person to have the conversation um, and being clear about that? If somebody comes to you and says, 
there's an emergency down there. We need to make a decision whether to do this or this. If you then start to take the time to have a coaching conversation, that that might just be a complete mismatch. Mm. Um, whereas if somebody comes to you and they want a solution, you can say, well, look, I've got, I've got time. We can, you know, we can talk about this now and I can help you identify what solutions there are and which one you'd like to, to take moving forward. Does that sound like it would be helpful to you? So there's a permission piece I think within this which goes back to the transparency so it's what we in coaching call contracting for the mm -hmm. conversation um, and I think a lot of leaders think that coaching takes a long time and and it doesn't so initially in the first place it might take a little bit more time as he, as you know everyone gets used to the new style but actually what it does is it saves time in the longer term because people won't keep coming back for you know for solutions all the time because you're going to grow their confidence around their knowledge around how they identify solutions how they're thinking what they're thinking what that means how they lead others because you know leaders are leading others so we need to think about that role modeling piece um, and the, the grow model is is one way in which you can be transparent about having a semi-structured coaching conversation mm -hmm. and you can actually guide you know offer that invite somebody to um, have the conversation using that model so you could say okay so I hear that you're in this situation and you need to make a decision about this going forward and you're not sure what decision to make that sounds like that's the goal from our conversation today and they say yes okay how about we experiment with um with going through and exploring what things are like for you at the moment, what opportunities there are, and then, you know, I'll support you to identify the best way forward for you. Does that sound like it would be helpful? And they say, yes, that's it. That's exactly what I want. That's great because then you can relax as the leader because when you're familiar with the GROW model and we've got a download that's got a whole load of different questions you can ask at each of these different um, stages of the GROW model, you can relax and be more present with the other person and that's when you can notice the areas where they're nervous, you know, the areas where they're, they need a bit more support so you can understand them where you might where there might be a good opportunity to give a personal example, which might help them to bounce off and create some more options mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, there isn't a one size fits all approach with coaching yeah. as there aren't with, with other things. The most important thing is that, is that you are in the conversation present, noticing things with the other person and, you know, agreeing with them how you're going to use the time you've got for the conversation. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, the the key thing that you picked up on about there is time as well, because a lot of a lot of us, certainly in the construction industry, when you're a leader, you know, you sort of fill your time up with trying to solve problems for the people. Um, and and you you don't realise that you should, you're actually taking that upon yourself. That's not something that is because they're incapable of doing it. You you don't you don't feel like that person can do that bit, which speaks volumes to the people because it's just sort of sad you don't you don't trust them to do it. Yeah, and I guess it's so another um, another way to look at this is if, as the leader, when somebody comes to you and they want some support because they have that's the way that's the only way they know to be that's what they've been taught about the culture of the organisation perhaps which is like a parent child kind of culture so the leader has the authority you must follow so therefore you need to get approval for what you're doing that can often breed a kind of inner dialogue for the leader of. I'm okay, you're not okay. Mm -hmm. 
And if you enter into a conversation thinking that you're okay as as the person that gets to make the decisions and the other person isn't, that's going to influence the space you hold for the other person, the questions that you ask, and it's going to take you down the mentoring side. And that's what will take more time ultimately in the longer term. So if you can actually enter into a conversation from a kind of a mindset of, I'm okay and they're okay, as Zoe mentioned earlier, you know, they're adults, they are, you know, resourced or they can get the resources that they need, then your questions are going to be different and you'll be able to be keep more at the coaching end, which is when you're asking open-ended questions um, and with the help of the semi-structure like GROW, you know, you can really help people to become response-able, so able to make their own responses. I'd build that coaching also has um, some brilliant side effects of building people's confidence, building people's motivation. So if you're in a habit, as Joe described, of I'm the manager, I give the solutions, you're my direct report, you go and execute. That can be quite disempowering in terms of encouraging people to use their initiative, encouraging people to take risks, encouraging people to step up and you know, take more responsibility. When people come into a conversation and they come up with their own solutions and are supported and encouraged to go and carry those out, that creates a different self-fulfilling kind of cycle in that it builds everybody's confidence. The line manager gets more time back. Their conversations become more about checking in on, so last week you agreed you were going to go and do X, Y, and Z. How's it going? Yes, going really well. Do you need any support with anything? Actually, I'm a bit stuck on this particular part of the project. Okay, what do you need from me? Um, actually, it would be really helpful if you could have a conversation with X for me. Okay, no problem. Rather than, have you done it yet? Why haven't you done it yet? You're not doing it this way. I asked you to do it like this, but what I'm seeing is you're doing it like this. It, it's just a totally different yeah. um, like chemistry that you create together. And whilst it may feel unnatural and uncomfortable to start with, the more you do it, the more you will see that your relationships get stronger, you will feel more empowered, your employees will feel more empowered. And it's just, a, you know, it's a, I believe it's a better way to do leadership and to do business. Well, absolutely. And I think those two examples that you just gave was exactly what I was sort of trying to get to and, and, and the sense of, as you say, empowerment. Because as mm. I say, about time, the more that you can, so create that support network and empower people to you feel confident enough to feel work that they believe in themselves to work out the solution for themselves as a leader it gives you more time to focus on the leadership side of things um you know which in, in itself is a, is a is a day job yeah so <clears throat> we'll go and talk we'll go into and talk about this this coaching model which is the grow model um zoe do you want to start off what what what, what does the grow model mean what is it about yeah sure so the grow model was first developed by a guy called sir john whitmore um he's got a great book on this i think it's called coaching for performance if any of you want to go and take a look at that and it's a semi-structure for a coaching conversation that leads you as the coach through different key areas of the conversation to help your client get or your direct report get a really good outcome so it starts with goal so g um, stands for goal. And that really is about setting um, an intention for your conversation. 
So what is it that you would like to get as an outcome from this conversation today? So typically um, that might be, I need to be better organized for this project that I'm working on because I'm struggling with, um, you know, the time, for example, or it might be, I have a conversation coming up with a client next week and I need to um, feel more confident about that conversation whatever it might be but you're basically as the person who's coming you want to get them to think about what outcome do they want from this conversation and you might ask questions around how important it is to them why is it important to have this goal now what will achieving this goal enable them to actually do that they're not doing now so getting real clarity around what that goal is Then once you've got a clear goal for your conversation, you'd move into what we call the reality phase. So R stands for reality. And that's where you're really exploring what is happening now in in your world in relation to this goal. And the reality is a really important phase of the conversation because most people jump from what do you want to achieve to how are you going to do it? They miss out naturally this reality phase. And in this reality phase, you are talking about um, what are you struggling with? Um, What have you tried? What's worked for you in the past? What strengths, resources, qualities do you have that have helped you with similar things before? And as you spend more time in this reality phase, your direct report, your client, the person you're speaking to gets more and more connected with ideas and you know, courage to be able to go and uh, tackle their goal. So a really great exploration, spending a disproportionate amount of time in this reality phase can really help people to unlock their creativity because the next phase is options. It's the, so what could you do about it? What um, is the, what's your low hanging fruit? What's the first obvious option? What's your wildest, craziest idea for being able to um, solve this challenge that you're up against? And that phase is without judgment. You're not kind of saying, right, here's an option. Great. I'm going to go and do it, which again, typically is what happens in conversations. Is someone will say, oh, I suppose I could go and speak to Joe and they'll go, brilliant when are you going to do that? The options phase is brainstorming, essentially. It's getting down lots and lots of different ideas. And then as you kind of empty out the ideas, you move into the next phase, which is about will or way forward and start to think about, okay, so of all those ideas that you've just created, which one do you want to do? You know, which of those options are you committing to do? And then you'll help the person come up with a plan of um, how they're going to execute on those actions and then check back in with the goals. You go back up to the beginning. So at the start of this conversation, your goal was X, where we've got to now are these actions here in Y. How do you feel about that? So there are lots of things you can do to build and build sophistication into that. But fundamentally, following each of those phases is great. In reality, as you get more and more experience of this, you won't have a linear conversation. So it won't naturally just go G-R-O-W. You might go G-R back up to G when you realize that the goal isn't exactly what you wanted it to be coming back down. And then when you start to generate your plan, you might come up with some new options you hadn't thought of. So it's not necessarily going to be linear, 
But if you can touch on all four of those phases of a conversation, you're likely to have a really powerful conversation. What, what would you build, Joe? What have I missed out? Well, and all of that can be done in quite a short period of time. You know, you could have a grow conversation in 10 minutes or even um, five minutes once you, once you know what the structure is. Um, and I also think that in that way forward, when they're making a decision about what action they're going to take, it can be really useful to explore how might you sabotage yourself. Um, and I think some people, and then you build a plan around that, obviously. Um, some people, uh, it is really important to kind of get prepared for a grow conversation in the sense of what mindset are you as the leader, but also what mindset are you going to encourage and nurture the person that you're talking to to get into before you go through this conversation? Because otherwise they could be in a mindset of, well, I can't get resources. Yeah, well, I would, but I can't get the resources. Um, and, you know, obviously with things that are happening out there in the wider environment at the moment, you need to both set yourselves up for success um, if you're going to invest the time in these conversations. So, you know, preparation, the transparency of the GROW model means that once your the person in your team or you're talking to understands how you're going to support them using the GROW model in conversations, they then can start to think that's how I, that's the thinking process that I could actually take myself through before I then come to my manager or my leader. And then maybe they'll start off by coming and saying, look, I've got this situation. This is what I'm looking to achieve. This is the situation at the moment. These are the things I've thought through. And so I'm thinking about doing this. And then that's a very easy one then for the leader to say, that's brilliant. Great. I understand what you're thinking, what the situation is at the moment, what you're trying to achieve. Yep. I go for it and come back and let me know how it went. And so that can kind of permeate down through the organization, empowering other people. And if the outcome initially that the person has come to, the leader thinks, mm, you know, that no, that isn't going to be helpful. Of course, they'll say, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that with me. Should we just unpick a bit of this together um, and have and explore this a bit more? And so, you know, they can engage in the conversation, still using the grow model, but also giving being able to share some of their insight to stimulate other options. So, you know, those are some of the realities that leaders will face, you know, mm -hmm. in organizations and, and how you might then. Um, use it so rather than panicking because that's what happens to a lot of people I think is when a team member comes and talks to them they can often go into panic and think oh I don't know how to deal with this conversation Ooh, I don't know so if you can think right what have I got in my toolbox to be able to help us together in this conversation because the grow model isn't the only coaching conversation semi-structure that people can use there are also other models called clear um, called oscar with a c there's an oscar with a k um, there's all sorts of different models um, and people can access demos of those also on our um, inga company um, youtube channel so it's not gr you know coaching isn't grow mm. grow is a tool that you can have in your broader coaching toolkit yeah i think that's a worthwhile sort of um, check that, yeah, coaching isn't just this one model. It's a, a whole, it's a style and it's a whole different, um, there's different models that you apply to sort of different situations. And um, what, what I liked about what you just said as well around the grow model is about being able to take yourself through that process in a, in a form of self-leadership. 
And mm. I think that's important as well. That's uh, that when I first came across this and I was watching your YouTube video around the grow model, that's what I sort of thought, first of all, is like, I could use this on, my, on myself almost. I could take myself through this process to arrive to a, a way forward before I need to go and speak to someone else. And I think that's right. I think a lot of conversations I have with people just really down to a sort of a confidence issue as as opposed to I really don't have an answer. And the, the, if you can, it's part of a coaching conversation, hold that space and create that sort of environment so that they can talk through those options. Because as I say, you mentioned, I think you mentioned earlier that through, your, through this grow model you have on your website, you can download questions. And I downloaded that because... For me to start out these conversations, I'd be a complete novice and I'd be really nervous, unprepared with what kind of questions can I ask if mm. they come up with something. So there's having those questions, like a little cheat sheet, are, are brilliant. I think that the, the greatest leaders are those that um, help their, the people in their team to be able to learn how to coach themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we think about succession planning and we know that, you know, People are struggling to recruit at the moment. So succession planning is, you know, more important than ever. Mm -hmm. So how do you nurture people that are coming through your organization? And as you were saying, Michael, like this model can help people if they go through it themselves, even it it gives them the courage that they can articulate what it is that they're looking for. So often when we ask people, how do you need to be supported? People don't really know because they don't really get asked and it can take quite a long time for them to think about yeah, okay, like, how do I really need to be supported? Um, because people, you know, it's, I think human nature, people complain about their managers. That's part of the general <laughs> conversation, you know, in society. Um, but we need to also take responsibility for thinking about what support do I need and then being able to articulate that to those that that are managing us or, or leading us. And this can be really helpful to get people in touch with that. It's not just one-to-one either. I mean, I think typically what you see in organizations are meetings that might last kind of two hours and get nowhere with no decisions and no action points. And if you took a concept like grow and overlaid it to a meeting structure, then it's going to make your meetings and the time that you spend in meetings so much more efficient as well. So you start the meeting with, right, why are we here today? And that might be by the end of the meeting, we need to agree on such and such. What is our goal? brilliant let's canvas opinions in the room what are we doing now that's working what are we doing that's not working get everybody to be able to contribute all the thoughts that they're keeping in their head that they can share in the open space brilliant now that we know that what options have we got no debate no judgment just let's get all the options out on the table excellent how should we progress then what what's the what does the most obvious option look like for us you know it just makes your meetings so much more focused so it doesn't just have to be contained yeah. in terms of one to one you can role model um you know pur- purposeful coaching behaviors in lots of different places and organizations and also people know what the expectations are of them because a lot of people will be nervous having conversations with with their leaders or their managers because they don't know what's expected of them and that they have that fear of judgment around it so if they know that we're going to be using that they know where they can contribute well and where they mm. feel confident about that yeah, and, and I think that's that's really important thing you said, and I, I like the, the bit that you've picked up about this can be a, it, this can be used as a, a model in a meeting as well because I've done it exactly myself, and as you say, 
where people then that know where they can chip in, particularly on meetings, because you, you do have those people that just want to sit back in meetings and just let the meeting happen, and those that feel nervous about chipping in. So you only hear from about less than 50% of the meeting room. Um, if you have that opportunity, that point at which everybody's going to be allowed to contribute, get their say, doesn't as a, an options part, which can be wild options, can be sensible options, can be you know, out of the box, you get it from everybody, and that's when you get the bits that you need and you, other people said, oh, I didn't think about it from that way, but then can build on it. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Because, And I think it happens more so now that we have a lot of meetings over Teams, is that you can just quickly get on a call. And and, and I've found myself in meetings for about 20 minutes. We've just been talking about the problem. And we don't know really what we're trying to solve here and how we're going to do it. And yeah. and and this is, what I, this is why I think where leadership really comes into it. If you can be bold enough to sort of say, right, we've got to really have a direction for this conversation. So what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to solve? And map your ways through that. What are the options? Ask some silly questions. Okay, what if we did this? Why can't we do that? What's what's holding us back? And that's the reality part. You know, mm. challenge, what we would probably say in the construction sector about the reality is, is sort of challenging the scope, challenging the brief, challenging yeah. the constraints. Because half times, the constraints, we self-impose those constraints. They're not really constraints. And when you take those layers off, you think, actually it's not really that big a problem to solve we could just you know look at this from a different perspective and and i think that is where it really comes into its own is when you're absolutely right when it's a one-to-one coaching session you might find that it's probably more typically those as you say you're um you're trying to have a succession plan you're you're typically leading those on a one-to-one basis those who are going to be coming in behind you and they're becoming the next sort of leaders in that sector um, but when it's a when it's a team, it really does help to open up that floor to get absolutely everybody's input. Um, and and I think you said it, Joe, that it sets up that expectation of what that meeting or that conversation is going to be like, and um, and and it takes away from that unsurety uh, and that judgment about about that conversation. So I think all of those things you picked up on are brilliant. It helps you to stop getting stuck as well. Like Joe, Joe and I will find ourselves doing it. We will have spent like, you know, 10 minutes kind of in a conversation. And then we might be like, what's the goal? Like, let's just go back a step. What is the goal that we're trying to achieve here? So it's almost like having a mental checklist of being able to know where are we? Everyone will get stuck somewhere at some point as they're trying to work through something. And it's useful when everybody knows kind of a model like grow or some other meeting structure, somebody can chime in and, and ask that question, like, hang on a minute, let's just go back. What were our options? <laughs> you know, how come we're struggling to move forward and agree here? What have we missed? Let's just go back up. And, and everyone can be eyes on the agenda, eyes on the goal to help you get to the outcome. It will save you so much time when you, um, you know, when you have that that coaching approach in mind to make sure you're you're working through each of the different phases. And the grow model is a conversation for change. You know, it it is about something happening as a result of that conversation, and that reality phase is plays an important part because people need to have their current situation acknowledged. Mm -hmm. They will not let go and move forward 
until there has been some sort of honoring and acknowledgement of the situation that they're in. And often once they've been heard, like whether it is, yeah, but we haven't got these resources or, um, you know, we don't have the budget for that. There's always a solution, but if they're not heard or acknowledged with those things, they probably won't let go. And I think it's important to understand that from a general change perspective and also how that fits into, that's one of the purposes really of the GROW model. And that comes back to the point about the reality part being so so important, I say not skipping straight to okay, problem solution sort of thing. Um, absolutely. Sorry, Jay, you can see. Yeah, well, and the same with goal. Like people think, oh, it's easy. Yeah, I know what my goal is. But what we find when we're training coaches is they realize they need to spend more time defining what the goal is and to be prepared, as Zoe was describing earlier, that you don't necessarily go G-R-O-W, but you might find actually this is too big. We're talking about something that's very vague. So the more specific that people can get with the goal, the more useful the conversation will be and the greater, you know, the cha- the positive change that will result in it. And our passion around using coaching tools and approaches is that it creates positive and sustained change um, in organizations, in teams, and, you know, in, in the wider world um, yeah. in which we're in. So, and also when we think about, you know, mental health is a real challenge in the construction sector. Mm-hmm. It's one of the sectors we know that, that, you know, where people are struggling the most. So I think also there is an ethic, an important ethical responsibility of leaders to be able to think about how do we change, just start by changing the conversations we have to contribute to changing um, the culture um, within the organizations to be more supportive and acknowledging of people's you know challenges that they're facing that they want support with absolutely i don't think i could put it better myself thank you jay and um, just as a final bit on the grow model so the, the g is all about setting goals goals for that conversation um it might be too broad but um, i suppose my question is about the smart objective so the acronym SMART, and, and one that I've recently been introduced, which is the AIM SMART. Do you use that in the establishment of goals at the start of the conversation, or is that just too broad, too specific about goals? Or would you would you try and model goals based on that? You can do. I think um, you would incorporate elements of it. So I think the SMART objective is for when somebody isn't very clear on their goal. Mm. And so you can take them through something like SMART to help them get really clear on what their goal is. Of course, once you've got a clear goal, then you can do a great coaching conversation on it. I think the important element that we see when setting goals from a grow perspective, the goal is focused on what you want, not what you don't want. So what we often see when people set goals is like, oh, I just, I just don't want to be working in X anymore. Okay, that's, it's great to acknowledge what you don't want or I, don't, I just don't want to be stressed anymore. Like I'm just so stressed, like I just don't want that anymore. So what do you want? Like what is the outcome that you do want? Tends to be the, the smart elements tend to come at the end when you've got your actions. So once you've been able to establish, okay, so what I do want is to feel more calm. I want to feel relaxed. I want to be able to focus. Great. So we're going into this conversation in order to help you achieve more focus and a greater sense of calm. Yes. And then at the end, how the the person you're speaking to might do that would be, I'm going to schedule an hour 
over lunch where I step away from my computer and I go for a walk and I listen to a podcast. Great. When are you going to do that by? I'm going to start doing that from Monday and it will be between 12 and one. So you see how you get your kind of time scale in when it comes to your actions. So the grow model kind of the topping and tailing of it tends to incorporate all of those elements of, of smart. So when you get to the end of your coaching conversation, really what you want your person, your client, the person you've coached to be walking away with are some really clear obtainable actions that they feel a 10 out of 10 committed to in terms of the energy that they've got behind actually making those actions happen. That's really interesting. That's why I like that smart, smart acronym because um, it's, it gets you to the, you know, how is that measurable? How do we know that we've achieved that objective or not? And I think that's, that's quite important. So that's, that's, that's it. That's really fantastic and interesting stuff. I do really appreciate you for sharing all your insights around the grow model. So um, for those that want to know more about the grow model and want to go and see uh, and watch a, a video about the grow model in action, they can visit your YouTube channel. What do you know? What, what's the YouTube channel name? It's in good company. And we also have a vlog, so you can look at all of our coaching um, vlogs. We do a, a video every single week. So we've currently got like 54 videos on our website. So it's www.igcompany.co.uk forward slash vlog. And if you scroll around there, there's a demonstration of Joe and I coaching the GROW model. And yeah. that resource that you mentioned earlier, Michael, is um, 70 questions like mapped against the GROW model. Mm -hmm. And you can get that by visiting www.igcompany.co.uk forward slash GROW, where you can download that resource and start using that. And as I said, also take a look at Sir John Whitmore's book, which is a you know, a much fuller explanation of, of the GROW model and, and how he intends for mm -hmm. it to be used. And also yeah. you can join us on the Coaching Crowd. Um, it's a free Facebook group that we run. So we post these videos in there on a weekly basis and people ask questions about co using coaching tools and techniques. And there's ourselves and also a community of about 1400 other coaches and aspiring coaches that will also you know give you ideas and tools and resources to be able to support your growth and learning because we really want to make coaching tools as accessible to as many people as possible thank you ever so much um so thank you for sharing that and your podcast you mentioned about is coming in november <laughs> yeah our podcast is coming out on the 15th of november so it's, um, you know, aimed to kind of talk more, well, more about what, what coaching is, what coaching isn't, how do you get involved in coaching, um, some different tools and resources. So you can start listening in at that from 15th of November. Brilliant. And that is going to be called The Coaching Crowd. So it will have okay. the same name as our free Facebook group. And really, you know, the, the name of it is to is to really convey the fact that it's a really supportive community of people um, we love the diversity that's in our community and you know we welcome people to come and join or even just watch you know not everybody feels comfortable <laughs> to comment in groups but actually like to just you know see the resources and then go off um, and have a look and, and you know we will continue to build on our resources you know week on week to help people as much as possible 
That's brilliant. I mean, I'm part of the Facebook group and I think it's brilliant the bits and pieces that I get from that. And I'm absolutely 100% going to be listening to the podcast and that comes out on the 15th <laughs> of November. So, I mean, this has been a really fantastic conversation. I can't thank you enough. Um, but so we're going to have to bring this podcast to a bit of a close. But before we do, yeah. there's just one final question I want to ask um, ask you both, which is the question I always end the podcast in, which is what do you think is the most important aspect to leadership. Zoe, do you want to start off? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a really big question because it I is. think there's so many elements. But for me, when I think about the leaders that I've most admired and worked with throughout my career, it's for me, it's about that human element. It's about modeling vulnerability and being having the courage as a leader to be able to say, I've had a a hard day today I'm really struggling with this project that I'm working on um I've had to really you know grind my my brain muscles today and I'm, I'm feeling exhausted how are you all you know like opening up a safe space where people can be vulnerable where there's no judgment like no one's then looking at that leader and thinking god he's letting the side down or I can't can't believe he's struggling you know it's, it's just about like we all, we all do, right? So let's not let's not hide it. Let's not cover it up. Let's make it okay that we can say when things are going really well and when things aren't. Because I think in creating, you know, a common space where that's acceptable, people aren't going to struggle so much with their mental health because on the days where they're challenged, it's okay that they're feeling challenged because in the next day they might have a great day and it's okay to share that too. So for me, I always say being a leader is just about being a really great human being. Like there's nothing complicated about it. You just need to strip away all the, the stuff that you're trying to prove and actually just be a really nice human being who cares genuinely about others. And that for me is what leadership is. Agree more. Joe. Yeah, well, I, you know, obviously I also align to that as well. I think for us, we talk a lot about um, courageous and compassionate leadership because those are the two elements in a nutshell that probably summarise that. And I think, for, you know, leaders need to, it's really important that leaders are very self-aware um, and understand, you know, where they're coming from when they communicate with others, when they are with others. And they need to have a commitment to continued personal and professional development because that's the heart and the root to accessing all of these things. I think leaders are futuristic. So there's a responsibility there to be able to look into the future and see the future. And when we think about the future of leadership at the moment, it is courageous and compassionate leadership um, as human beings, not human doings. They're people that need to be able to um, communicate with, with heart and head um, to on a one-to-one -one and in a group perspective. And, you know, that's obviously with a view to achieving whatever the organization or the teams need to be achieving. Um, and that's with a learning perspective. So blame free, you know, creating an environment where it's natural and actually expected that not everything is going to go to plan. And it's how we are actually when we're in conflict and how we are in adversity that really show the true depths 
of leadership that an individual has. So making sure that you've got a support network as a leader around you that will enable you to do those things. So when you're running out of energy or you're running out of optimism on a particular day or hour, because it can change, that you know who you can go to, whether that's a coach and or a mentor and or colleagues. So start with that self-awareness and know that there are lots of people out there that really do want to support you and to see you and your teams do well. Thank you, thank you ever so much, Joe and Doe. Thank you for your time. And I really do appreciate you um, imparting all your knowledge around the, uh, the Grow Model and coaching. So thank you ever so much. You're thank welcome. you, Michael. Thank it's been you. great connecting with you today. Thank you.